welcome to the Gregory Digout Podcast. And I want to pick up where we left off, which was in Matthew chapter 13. I'm going to start there, pick up where we left off, take me out a little bit of the monitors or a little less loud. Thank you so much. I uh, Matthew chapter 13, I left off there talking about the pearl of great price, the beautiful pearl. You are a beautiful pearl. And it says in Matthew chapter 13, verse 45, he says again, Jesus says again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. Now, there's somebody seeking here. Many people have interpreted the scripture to believe that we're the ones seeking. But the Bible says in Luke, chapter 19, verse 10, for the son of man came to seek and to save that which was lost. He has come to seek and to save that which was lost. So the merchant here that is seeking is the Lord. He's the one seeking. So when we look at Matthew 13, verse 45 again, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Wow. I want to read this to you from the Holman translation, verse 46, when he found one priceless pearl, when he found one priceless pearl, what kind of pearl? What kind of pearl? I can't hear you. The two people that are in this auditorium, I can't hear you. What kind of pearl? priceless pearl when he found one priceless pearl? You see how God describes you? I wish we would stop describing ourselves based on how we grew up or how we how other people describe us. I wish we would start seeing ourselves the way God sees us. You know how he sees you when he found one priceless pearl. There was there was no price tag high enough. So he went and sold everything he had and bought it. You see, God didn't steal you from the devil. God didn't steal you from this world's system. God didn't steal you from death and destruction. He bought you. He bought you. This is how God looks at us. This is how God sees us. This is how we need to see ourselves like this. And I'm going to show you how this connects me and you, how this connects us together, how we're supposed to see each other this way as well as seeing ourselves this way. I want to read this to you from the Passion Translation, verse 45 and 46 of Matthew. He says heaven's kingdom realm is also like a jewel merchant in search of rare pearls. When he discovered one very precious and exquisite pearl, he immediately gave up all he had in exchange for it. Boy, there's so much gospel goodness here in this passage, isn't there? Think about it. Heaven's kingdom realm. So we're talking about heaven, talking about his kingdom. He's like a jewel merchant. God is 
a dealer of jewels, fine jewels. In search of rare pearls. There's something about a pearl we'll get to in a moment. When he discovered one very precious, you know what you are to God? Precious. Let this let this heal you today. Let this heal you of the former view that you had of yourself. What is God? How does God see you? Very precious. How does God see you? Exquisite. How does God see you as a pearl? Oh, now there's a there's a use for pearls. You're going to see in a few moments. There's an incredible use, incredible purpose for pearls. But he immediately gave up all that he had. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, immediately gave up all he had in exchange for this pearl in exchange. It's an exchange. God exchanges. Jesus exchanges our sin for his righteousness, our sickness for his healing, our poverty for his provision, our curse for his blessing, our death for his life. It's the great exchange. It's the greatest exchange in human history. It's the greatest exchange in the universe. It's the most unfair deal that's ever been made. But God knew how unfair it was that he was giving us so much more. But we should understand how much he values us to give up all he had. It's not about us giving up all we have. We don't have anything to give up. What did we give up for salvation, a life of sin, a life of brokenness, a life of loneliness? What did we give up? for Jesus. What did we give up for him? We gave up our depression. We gave up our fear. We gave up our our right to go to hell. We what did we really like? We did not sacrifice. He made the sacrifice. He made the exchange. He made the great deal for you and for me. Woo. I want you to see this when we understand God's kingdom in this way, when we understand what God is like, that he would exchange it all for you. God is the one who pursues. We're not the ones who chased God down. He's the one that was looking for us. He's the one that pursues us. He's the one that seeks and saves that which he lost. No other religion, no other religion features a God who comes down to his people. All religion is man trying to go to God. But Christianity is God coming to man. All of religion is the promises man makes to God. But Christianity is the promises that God makes to man. You see. It's so different than religion, this relationship with God. We might you and I might not be valued by this world that much if we don't have a million followers on our Instagram page, if we don't have a million dollars in the bank, if we don't have a million fans watching our TV shows or movies, then we're not as valuable to this world. But Thank God. 
It doesn't matter how this world values us. What matters is how God values us. What matters is how God values you. He didn't send a manager to clean up the mess and works work an arrangement out for you. He sent his son. He sent a perfect son, sinless, flawless, the most beautiful being in the universe. The reason why Satan hates Jesus so much is because Jesus is so beautiful and Satan wanted to be more. It wasn't enough that he was the most beautiful angel. It wasn't enough that he was the worshiper with all the instruments coming from his being as Lucifer. He wanted to be higher than Jesus. Wow. For us just to be at his feet is an honor for us to be able to right behold his beauty in the temple. What an honor, what a privilege, what a joy. And yet here we are. Falling on our face at the feet of Jesus. And what does he do? He lifts us up and he seats us next to him. That's how much he values you. That's how much you matter to him. God pursues us. And there's value in imperfection. You know, we talk about how we're happy, imperfect people, hip, H.I.P., happy, imperfect people. There's value in imperfection. You see, we need to understand a pearl for a moment, if I could kind of just describe this and you'll see how this connects with where I'm going. But let's understand a pearl because there's so many imitations. A pearl is very hard to come by a precious, exquisite, beautiful, priceless pearl, which is what you are. It's hard to come by. So there's so many imitations. There's so many fakes, a fake necklace of pearls you could get for fifty dollars. But a real necklace of pearls, depending on. The quality of the pearls, depending on how they're. How they're how they're gathered. It could be 50,000, it could be. Five million. You see, there's always an imitation, there's always a fake that com- that is compared to the real. So there's a, a fake f- form of religion and then there's real Christianity. There is a fake version of you, the one that you try to be this person that everybody will like versus the genuine you, the authentic you, the real you. But I want you to understand how a pearl is so valuable and yet it's so imperfect. And that's us. That's you. That's me. So imperfect, but yet so valuable to God. A natural pearl. How is it formed? It it occurs in an oyster shell when. An irritant like sand or some sort of um, grain gets inside of the oyster 
And in order to protect itself, it begins to form this pearl that is formed from imperfection It's formed from something that irritated the, the oyster. It's formed from something that annoyed the oyster like we're formed from something that tried to destroy us, something that tried to pollute us, something that tried to contaminate us. Adam's sin tried to infect us all. And yet even in that we became a pearl to God. And expert jewelers can check the natural flaws of a pearl by using a magnifying glass or some instrument and the flaws. This is a pretty incredible thing about pearls, real ones like you is a an expert jeweler often can see the flaws that tells him or her that that's a real pearl. It's not the perfection that tells the expert whether it's real or fake. It's the flaws in it that tell whether it's real or whether it's fake. You know, we got to stop expecting Christians to be perfect. We got to stop expecting that of ourselves. We've got to stop putting people on pedestals and expecting that they have to live this such this perfect, holy life that if they fall short here or there or in this area or that area, we just kick them out. We disqualify them. We cast them aside. We embarrass them in front of their in front of the world. We shame people. This is not how life is supposed to be. This is not how Christians are supposed. I can't believe how many articles I've read of churches that have thrown out the pastors, gotten rid of the leaders, starting over again year after year. You're never going to find God didn't look for a perfect pearl. He looked for a precious pearl. He didn't look for a perfect shell. He looked for a precious shell. He didn't look for the perfect person. He looked for the precious person. There is no perfect person except Jesus. And yet we uphold we we hold others in such a demanding position that, oh, if this person does this or if this person does that. And then we just we we just dismiss people. The church has got to stop dismissing people and start restoring people, start being a hospital for healing before you're an army for winning battles. We got to be we got to get the people well before we can put them on the battlefield where they got to deal with the thoughts and the ideas and the enemy coming at them from every direction. We got to teach people how to know who they are and teach people their value is not in their holiness. Their value is in really their imperfections. They're in the value is in your preciousness. Well, let me just tell you something about a pearl, a real pearl versus a fake pearl. Because you don't lose your value because of your flaws. Your flaws don't disqualify you from your value. Real pearls come in different shapes and sizes. Fake ones are always the same shape or size. Often. One size fits all for the fake ones, but 
the real pearls come in different sizes and shapes and color tones. When a real pearl is rubbed against another real pearl, a powder is produced. If you rub two fake pearls together, it won't produce anything. But if you if you rub two real pearls together, it'll create a powder. I like to believe and think of it when two believers rub against each other, it creates power. It creates something. There's something. There's a synergy. The the sum of the parts is greater than each individual part. Because God has us connected for a reason. Real pearls have the ability to have the ability to reflect. They they show a reflection. Real pearl has a reflection in it. And that's who we are. We're supposed to have a reflection of Jesus inside of us. We have a reflection of God. Fake pearls, you can't see a reflection because they're fake. But you can see the re- a reflection in a real pearl. It creates a reflection, an image that can be seen like we're created in the image of God. Our life is lived on this earth to reflect God's image. And what is God's greatest characteristic or trait? God is love. So the greatest thing we should be reflecting of God is not his perfection because he doesn't expect that of us. He knows we're imperfect pearls. But what God expects and what God is looking for in us to reflect him is to reflect him in his love, to reflect him in kindness, to reflect him in his empathy, how he came to earth, became a man, suffered the worst death, the worst criminal. And yet he was innocent. But he took our place What to take somebody's place is the ultimate empathy to feel what they feel, to be able to comprehend what they what they're going through, to realize they're suffering and you're willing to not just understand their suffering, but take that suffering for them. That's what Jesus did. When a real pearl hits another real pearl, there is a unique sound, a soft sound. When two pearls bang against each other, there is this sound that is created, a unique, soft sound. When two pearls bang together. Where two or three of you are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. If two of you shall agree about anything they ask, it shall be done for them. When everybody connects, when the body of Christ, the members connect with each other, the Bible says there's this beautiful sound when we're worshiping him together, when we're gathered together, we create a beautiful sound, a soft sound, not a hard sound of anger and you better repent or die, but a soft sound of love and kindness and appealing, beseeching others to be reconciled to God. When a genuine pearl has bounce back powder, this is just trying to describe who you are so far. What have we learned that real pearls come in all shapes and sizes and colors, color tones? We're all like the same color. We're just different 
tones, different pigments. Like real pearls, real pearl produces power when rubbed against another real pearl. There's something always produced when you how many of you know, you've been in a relationship where you rub against, a, you know, you're like, man, I don't know why this person's in my life. They kind of rub me the wrong way. They're rubbing you the wrong way to produce something better from your life and for their life. They're rubbing you the wrong way because something's got to be smoothed off maybe in your life. Right. That's what's going on. That's why we need each other. That's why we don't need to run from each other. We need to run to the house of God, not run from it. And a real pearl is able to reflect the image of God. Put two pearls together when they hit each other, when they connect together, there's a soft sound that is created, the sound of salvation, the sound of healing, the sound of love, the sounds of the kingdom of God. A real pearl has bounce back power. How you can detect a real pearl from a fake one is the Bible says real pearls are worth going after, which God goes after us. But a real pearl, they've studied these. If you drop a pearl from two feet onto the ground, it'll bounce back up one foot. A fake pearl will not bounce back. A real pearl has bounce back power. You know what? You're a real pearl. You know what? No matter what's happened in your life, you have bounce back power, no matter what has what you've suffered, no matter how far you fall in, you have bounce back power. You're going to come back. You're going to bounce back. This next year is going to be your bounce back year. This next month is going to be your bounce back month. This next moment is going to be your bounce back moment, your comeback moment. This is your time to come back and realize who you are and realize that God is all about no matter how many times you hit the ground, you're going to bounce back up. He's made you resilient. He's made your soul indestructible. Remember what I told you last week that you know, God, so he's so in love with you, so in love with your personality, so in love with the real you inside that he doesn't give you a new soul because that's your personality that contains your personality. He gives you a new spirit because your old spirit was dead. It's called being born again. Gives you a new body. When you get to heaven, we're going to have a this body is going to be done away with and God's going to give us a new glorified body. But our soul is not made new. It's renewed. It's restored. It's put back in its original condition. But it's not remade because God doesn't want to lose you or lose your personality or lose the qualities that he put in you the quirky things, the fun things, the funny things, the unique things, the flawed things. Make up your personality. And he values your soul so much that he doesn't recreate it. He values it so much that it's indestructible. Man's spirit was destructible. They died, but their soul never died. Our souls never die. Wow. A real pearl, when you burn it, it remains shiny. In other words, a real pearl can go through fire and keep its shine. 
Anybody been through some fires this last few months and year? Pearls are meant to be together. They're meant to create something together that they could not have created on their own. A necklace. In Revelation, Chapter 21, verse 21, look at what it says. Describing the city that was going to come from heaven down to the earth. The 12 gates were 12 pearls. Each individual gate was one pearl and the street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. The glory of the new Jerusalem. I want you to see. The symbol, the symbolism here now, there is going to be a city that comes down from heaven after the rapture. There is going to be a city that comes down from heaven called the New Jerusalem, according to Revelation. You could go through this whole chapter and see the description of it. But in particular, I want you to realize that heaven is Earth is a picture of heaven. It's a broken picture, but it's meant to be restored and it's meant to be to give you a glimpse of what heaven's like. That's why he says, pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that. What happens on this earth is to be a reflection of what heaven is like, at least the good things, the bad things are the result of Adam and Eve sin and the devil getting into the world and messing it all up. But I want you to see and understand he's describing the church here. He's describing the church. The 12 gates were 12 pearls. Notice he's describing people. People are pearls. We're the pearls. The 12 gates are pearls. Why? Because the Bible says in Acts chapter three, verse one, look at what it says. It says, and it was the hour of prayer. And Peter and John went together to the temple at the hour of prayer. And it says in the ninth hour, that is, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful. They laid him at the gate of the temple, which is the gate is called beautiful. It's a beautiful gate. Some of you remember me talking about this beautiful gate before, but he would sit at this beautiful gate and ask for alms for those from anybody who entered the temple who seeing Peter and John asked for alms. And in verse four, the Bible says Peter fixed his eyes on him and said, look at us. And notice what he says in verse five. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. You see the, the beautiful gates. Of Acts chapter three aren't just the gates of the temple building, but the beautiful gates of Acts chapter three are really the apostles, Peter and John. And the, the apostles, Peter and John, are a gate into healing. They're a gate into blessing. They're a gate into salvation. They're a gate into what money can't buy. They're a gate into this man being healed. They're a gate into this man being restored. They're a gate into this man having hope. They're a gate into this man receiving what God intended for him to receive. My 
goodness, when you get a hold of this, you realize God sees us as beautiful pearls. And then what does he do with the beautiful pearls? He turns us into a gates. And what are the gates for? They're not to close and hold people out. They're to open and welcome people in. We are created to be a gate together, a beautiful gate. We are the beautiful gate that is talked about in Acts chapter three. If you look back in Revelation chapter 21, look at what it says about this gate. It says in the 12 gates were 12 pearls, each of the gates made of a single pearl. You're the gate. I'm the gate. We're supposed to be a gate for people to come in and watch this. Watch what it says about this gate. Go down to verse 25. It says, and these gates will never be shut at all. The church is to never be shut. The gates are to never be shut. It's not talking about a building. It's talking about a people. The church has been the church doors have been open in a lot of places. But the gates have been closed because they didn't understand. People don't understand. Churches have not understood. We're we're pearls. Every person, I don't care if they're homeless, homosexual, dealing with drugs, having an addiction, they're a beautiful pearl, flawed, but beautiful to God. And we have a few pearls among us that we like to judge. Well, that pearl's not holy enough. That pearl's not. And you know what? If you really go down that path, you forget what you're doing now is you're shutting the gates rather than opening the gates. Well, this isn't it's not a fancy sermon, but just to give you some picture. Of why it's so important that you understand you're a beautiful pearl that God went after, because so so is everybody else. God is seeking to save all the lost. Not everybody's going to receive his salvation. Not everybody's going to receive his gift. Some people he's going to seek and they're going to run and never, never come. But it's not because he's not seeking and it's not because they're not valuable and it's not because they're not beautiful to God. They are it's simply because they're choosing, maybe because the church is not the beautiful gate. Maybe we have gates, but they're not beautiful. We are all gates. See how the gate is a pearl. You and I are a gateway for people to enter the kingdom of God through because we kept open. We looked at these, looked at people not to condone their lifestyle choices or condemn their lifestyle choices, but to. But to. Truly help them cultivate their worth and to really point out to people how valuable they are. They shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. You see, we are the beautiful gate. We are the healers. We're the doors. What does a person see in you as a child of God? What kind of gate are you closed except to a few ex exclusive people or a few one race or one color or one background closed to 
people that are suffering, people that are struggling. We're all that person. We're all that struggling person. We are all that. We all would be homeless if it wasn't for the grace and mercy of God. We all would be caught up in the worst part of our sin. But I believe that this season, this new day is to be marked by us understanding who we are, a beautiful pearl and who we are together, beautiful gates of pearls and how we're supposed to behave, remain open all the time, not in the sense that the doors of the physical church building, but the doors of our gates constantly open, not closing off because that person's not holy enough, not closing off because that person is struggling with something we might be struggling with. And we're we think, well, nobody should struggle with that. They're doing that because they want to. You're doing some stuff because you want to. We're all guilty. It says no, by no means anybody's going to enter in in verse 27. No one's going to enter in who's defiled. It says by no means anybody's going to enter in unclean. It says, but only those who are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You see, the only way in is not through holiness. The only way in is being cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. That's the only way in. And that's the gate. That's the door we need to be opening to every person. That's the gates we need to be like. This is what we're created to be together, connected as a church family that wherever we are, that is has our gates always open. What are our gates? Our gates are our people. We are the gates. Nobody's coming to the church because the building looks so beautiful. People are going to come to the church because the gates are beautiful. And what are the gates? They're us as we are reflecting the love of God and the goodness of God and the kindness of God. That's what opens the doors. That's what people are drawn by. That's what people are wanting. That's what people are seeking. That's what people need in this life. That's what people need in this world. They're, the church has been judging each other. The church has been condemning each other. The church has been trying to decide if somebody made it, made it to heaven because they sinned. Everybody sinned. We're all we've all fallen short of the glory of God. Can I get an amen in this place here today? (laughs) Let me pray for you. We'll pick this up next time. But maybe you're watching right now and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your savior and Lord. Today is your day. Come on, pray with me right now. Today is your day. Pray right now. If you've never received him as your savior and Lord, just pray this heavenly father. That's it. Say, heavenly father, I believe Just say that I believe Jesus died for my sins and rose from the dead. The blood of Jesus cleanses me from all my sins. From this moment forward, I am a child of God. If you prayed that prayer just now, congratulations, you just made the greatest decision of your life. You should see on the screen a a link to our book, The Power of a New Life. I want to send it to you free as a gift. You can download it anywhere in the world. Grab it. It's the next steps of this journey that you just started in this moment of prayer. You just started a journey with God. and He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. You are now a child of God. Welcome to the family of God. And would you please get a hold of that book and stay connected no matter where you are? You're, you're obviously connected right now. So stay connected and let's stay together. I bless everybody. Lord, reveal to us our worth, reveal to us our beauty by revealing to us your beauty. Let us see ourselves made in your image in Jesus name. Amen. Let's be the beautiful gates. We'll see you at our next service. God bless. 
Hey everyone, we hope you enjoyed that powerful message. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast for more amazing messages like what you just heard. You can also search for Gregory Dickow on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter for tons of great content throughout the week.